there will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Exciting time to be involved in Bitcoin Cash at the moment. During that whole war, fighting versus big blocks, like were, were we the bad guys? Were we the ones that weren't listening? Fundamentally, we believe in markets, transparency, and tokenization. Come on, you gotta come stronger than that, you know, like. Hello, and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast, following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency this is episode number 87 stack wallet and crypto adversaries featuring diego today is sunday the 16th of july 2023 i'm your host jeremy jet is producing the show same as always and our guest is the owner of cypher stack which is the company that produces stack wallet who recently have been more and more integrated into the Bitcoin Cash community. So obviously we're going to talk about that. Very exciting. And they've also recently had a Flipstarter funded to bring some fresh innovation into the scene. So lots of good work going on there. Diego, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself and how'd you get into Bitcoin? Hey, uh, yeah, thanks. Um, my name is Diego Salazar. I'm known in some online circles, the crypto online circles as Rarar sometimes um and uh i make stack wallet i make a bunch of other things uh how'd i how'd i get into bitcoin how'd i get into cryptocurrency uh through a very non-conventional method i guess in that uh i wasn't really a tech person before i found cryptocurrency i wasn't an open source you know just i was just a regular pleb that used computers for you know a few internet things social media or whatever um and then uh, life circumstances kind of forced me away from, you know, what I went to college for and what I was hoping to do with my life. And I'm like, okay, so then uh, what do I do? Um, and I was always really good with design, you know, particularly UX and my wife was as well. So we decided to, you know, start something up in in the UX space, but it's a very saturated and crowded field. You kind of need a niche. And I had... I had heard of cryptocurrency prior to that point, maybe, you know, about a year prior to that point, I had heard of cryptocurrency, clicked through a bunch of different, you know, websites. I didn't really do any in-depth research or anything, uh, clicked through a bunch of websites. And uh, as is often the case with open source, a lot of them were not very good. Um, so when it <laughs> yes. came time for me to be like, okay, uh, you know, I got to find a niche. I'm like, oh, I, you know, who could really use some help is these, these cryptocurrency people and there was one website that was just like it was so particularly bad it was so bad and i remembered i'm like okay uh, i started clicking through them again just clicking through the coins like on coin market cap and i found that website it was unmistakable it was monero so <laughs> i actually found monero before bitcoin before any of these other coins i found monero and uh you know, I, I so I went around peddling my wares like, oh, I can help you guys' website and, you know, do some work. And they're like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. But uh, why don't you do some reading on what we're all about so you can make sure you make something that, you know, is in line with our, you know, values and what we want. And so and, and the more I started reading, um, the more I was like, oh, this is uh, 
this is some pretty cool stuff. So I mean, I did end up redoing the website, but uh, I also ended up sticking around, uh, which was not part of the initial plan. But here I am many years later, still part of the crypto space. And it was it was an uphill battle because not just did I have to learn how cryptocurrency works and how blockchain works and stuff, but you know, how does the internet work? How do computers work? How does technology work? Because I, I really wanted to understand this thing. So it was, you know, again, coming from a, a non-tech pleb kind of person, like understanding computers and how they function, the internet, how it functions and how all that builds and culminates into something like blockchain. How does game theory work? You know, and, uh, and, as you're aware, blockchain is, you know, uh, this 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 marriage of economics and game theory and technology and cryptography. And there's just so many things, you know, all all smushed together in a way that works. And then on top of that, you know, with Monero, you've got like the privacy aspect. So uh, which is a completely separate discipline. So um, and the Monero community are some of the most hard ass people you'll ever meet uh, and like uncompromising on decentralization and privacy and things so i i was forged in the hottest of crypto fires um in that sense and uh you know uh was with monero for quite some time and then i wouldn't say parted ways but you know stopped being as 100% involved in there as i was before and started kind of looking around and doing some other things um in the crypto space and the thing that really caught my eye was just well two things in particular i guess the the lack of good ux everywhere like it's just it's bad it's sad and i just uh, think things things tend to be on one end of two spectrums either this over-designed nonsense that just becomes visual diarrhea which typically happens because you know as you know a bunch of vc money entered the crypto space in the 20 you know uh 20 20s and and stuff like that and you got all these designers trying to justify their continual paycheck right and so they just do they just design more and more and more and more so you just end up with this bloated over-designed mess of an app that tries to do too many things and tries to fit in too many features um and it's 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 bad or you know on the other end of the spectrum you've got like this typical open source read the fucking manual kind of thing where you know there, there's this there's this pride in the fact that I'm one of the few that can successfully navigate this horrendous uh <laughs> interface and if you can't then that, then that just means you haven't put in the hours to to do so so you really I found that there was kind of these two ends of the spectrum and very little in the middle um so that was thing one uh thing two that I found was there's just really not a good wallet out there that is multi-currency and open source and i was really surprised by this right you got you got your trust wallet you got your exodus you got your uh you got your atomic wallet you know and uh i know there was at some point like coinomi at one point was open source and then they switched to closed source and uh there's just nothing in that space and i was really shocked i'm like how 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 are we this far into cryptocurrency with so many, you know, cypherpunk ideal type people, and nobody has put this together. And you, you talk to all of these uh, wallets that are multi-coin. You say, "Hey, when are you going open source?" And I did this a lot with Monero, right? Because people are like, "Hey, we have Monero on uh, Guarda wallet, and we want to be on the website." And you know, the Monero people were like, "Eh, we kind of only want open source wallets on there. Are you guys open source? Or do you plan to go open source?" And they're always like, "Oh, well." And you know, talking to everybody, it's always the same thing. They're like. Well, we don't want scammers to easily fork the wallet because then they could fool all of our users. And I mean, I, I get this. This is this is a, a good thing, but like nobody's really honest. 
right? If, if we're being really honest, the, the people that were honest were Atomic Wallet. They're like, we feel we made a good product and we don't want people to piggyback off of our hard work for free and you know just be able to profit off of the hard work that we've done. We're, we stand behind our product, we support it, we think it's great, and we think that it deserves to be uh, you know, something that we can profit off of. I respect that they had an honest answer, right? That being said, I, as, as an idealist myself, you know, as a cypherpunk myself, I can't agree, right? How am I going to put my money, my my actual money for some people, their life savings on something that is trusted that I that other people can't look over to see if there's issues and there have been issues with, you know, several closed source wallets and, you know, other exploits or something like that and you have to trust them when they're like, "Oh, it wasn't an inside job. Oh, it wasn't something that, you know, we missed or, you know, what what is it then?" And a lot of them still don't say what actually happened here. I'm not trying to name names, but you know, this has happened recently. And uh, it's it's kind of sad to see. And you look at all the replies and people are like, this was my money. You know, this was my life savings. You know, what am I supposed to do about this kind of thing? And not to say open source is always 100% better. There is still some trust involved, especially if you're not a developer, you have to trust because you can't read the code yourself. But other people are able to look at that code. And so the amount, uh, you know, as is the case with decentralization, the more people can vouch for something, the more the the less trust you have to have in any one individual or any one group of people, um, especially people who don't have direct conflicts of interest. Like you know, if a closed source wallet is exploited, they have an interest in making sure that everybody is calm and nobody leaves for other wallets, even if it was their fault. So they might be spinning the story in such a way that no, they're not the bad guys when maybe they kind of were or whatever, right? Whereas if there's a third party that looks over it, not not as an audit like paid, but you know, they look over it for their own sake and they're like, yeah, I looked at it. It's pretty good. They have they have no interest. They're not making any money. Um, but you know, uh they're still able to vouch for that in that way. And I think that's you know the real power of open source comes from uh the ability for people to lay, take a look at it, but also for people to be able to be inspired by it and yes, maybe fork it and do what they want with it. And the the thing about that is, you know, if somebody forks it and does something better with it and puts you out of business, then um, that's, that's one of the costs that we have on ensuring our freedom for one, but for two, you know, why don't you take some of their improvements and put it back upstream, you know, because uh, everybody benefits and uh, stack wallet is GPL. So it's copy left. It's not permissive MIT. Uh, because I do, I do still kind. Of, I obviously do still want to make somewhat a profit, and I, I don't mind people forking it, but I want it to stay in the open source area. And um, everybody's got an opinion on permissive versus copyleft licensing. We can go into that if you want, but that's kind of uh, that's kind of where we were. And with both my wife and I being UX designers and really good ones, if I may to our own horns here for a little bit, right? I just I really wanted to see something that was clean, nice easy to use, not over bloated, not over designed, not under designed, that was open source. And to date, I think we're like the only wallet that's actually doing that. So I'm really proud of what we've done. Uh, we've been out for like a year, which isn't that long. And let me tell you, man, starting, sorry, sorry to just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. I'll give you a chance oh, to talk in just a second. <laughs> Go on. Uh, starting a crypto product in today's market is really, really hard. Just the amount of new products that are there every day, 90% of them turning out to be scams, rugs, or, you know, uh, fronts of some kind, having to build trust organically. Um, I've been able to use some of the trust that has been attributed to my name because I worked for a well-respected project like Monero uh, to 
get a little bit of a leg up than some other people might some nobody vc founder type people you know just coming into the scene but it's been an uphill battle uh it's been an uphill battle and then when there's a bug of some kind it's like oh man you know how many people are leaving because of this because we we just don't have the the brand loyalty you know if binance has a bug they're like yeah but it's binance they'll they'll fix it they'll make everybody whole and they'll you know um uh they're a trusted brand in that sense. And we're not yet. We're we're getting there. Um, I like to think. And uh the amount of compliments that we've received on our on our interface and on our user experience is just, you know, it's it's very motivating. We're, we're, we we keep going because um I think we're actually doing some some neat stuff over here. Yeah. Well, I you touched on a lot of different things there, but following on that last point, then I agree with you that launching things is difficult, but it's part of the overall process of the industry maturing is that it's becoming more uh, sensitive to what I'll call proof of work, right? Mm -hmm. People are beginning to understand, and maybe it's taken a little while, but especially if you get more into the niches of like Monero or Bitcoin Mm -hmm. Cash or something, people have been burned a lot of times, Mm -hmm. or they've (laughs) watched as other people have been burned Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And so they're very slow to trust and they're very heavy on the verification and the ultimate verification you can do is put up a lot of good work for a, a long yeah. time right that's the exact same thing that we're doing here with the podcast right it wasn't yeah. initially getting a lot of traction you know and mm. that's that's fine i i expected that i knew that from the outset so you've got to have that persistence to keep pushing through but the flip side is of course it's sort of like harder in the beginning but easier later because once you've built some of that trust yeah. then well firstly you now have a moat against anybody else just coming in because mm-hmm. they're going to also have to put out in that work but at the same time once you've acquired some trust then you start getting organic word of mouth which it sounds like you you have been getting from your yeah. user base right which is the best marketing you can have yeah and I, i'm not to be clear i'm not advocating that we should change this in the crypto space in fact i think it needs to be you know harder <laughs> i think people need to trust less and uh, not be so quick to trust which would be difficult for again new products like myself it'd be even harder but i think that's the way it is because the alternative is just people losing money left and right which happens every three seconds in cryptocurrency yes. so uh, so i'm not advocating for this change and i'm not complaining necessarily uh it's it's been a fun challenge it's been a fun challenge it, it forces you as a product creator to think what do the users actually need because so many things are are built with the idea of, well, this will make me more money, but at the cost of the user experience or something along the lines of, you know, th- this is something that I think the space needs. And I'm not really talking with a bunch of people to see if this is, you know, what people actually need. So I'm just going to kind of do my thing. And the end result is, you know, like I said, either underdesigned, overdesigned stuff. So it really forces you to to zero in on the users, on the humans, on the people that have their real money here and say, what can I do to help these people? You know, what can I do to help set these people free? What can I, how can I play a part in helping, you know, lift some people out of poverty um, and making sure that people feel comfortable and safe where their money is? How can, how can I be doing my part here? And um, if that sounds a little too, you know, virtual signally kind of thing, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's important, man, because this is, this is people's livelihoods that we're messing with. And I think a lot of, a lot of the, the companies that start in this space don't give that the credence that it, even even I mean obviously the scammers don't because they just want to extract people's livelihoods right but even the people that come in with the best of intentions they don't 
they don't understand just how big of a deal this is. You know, these are actual human lives that are putting money that their family needs. Um, and many of them, you know, when we start looking in third world countries, in an attempt to escape a livelihood that they have no hope from, right? Uh, and just because we can't see them doesn't mean that we can't have that compassionate mindset that we are building for these people and these people matter. And um, I mean, in the first world, we're just, dude, we're, we're, we're so blessed. We don't have to worry about any of this kind of stuff. You know, it goes down like, oh, that's bad. I still have access to clean water. I still have access to food. I still have access to shelter and, you know, all this. but you know, that's not going to be the case for a lot of these people. It's something you got to take seriously. Um, so we do, we're not, we're not just a bunch of hard asses. That, all right, guys, we just got to make sure everybody take everything seriously. You know, we, we have, we have fun and, um, Enjoy putting in features that are that are silly and whimsical. For example, on Stack Wallet, on the top left is our little icon, our little logo. If you tap it, it does a somersault. Like <laughs> you know, just, uh, we, we have fun here, but you know, there, there's a certain there's a certain compassionate heart where you need to really be thinking about what you're doing and zero in on what the humans actually want and need. And that's that's been the fun part of this being so hard to break into the industry right off the get go. You know, um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, when you're talking about the sort of poor and underprivileged or under accessible areas of the world and crypto bringing access to them and so forth, they, like you say, there is a lot of there's a lot of talk about that in the industry, mm. but there's a lot more talk than there is action. A lot of people will say, oh, yeah, we definitely need to help out these poor parts of the world. I mean, obviously, the laser eyes BTC people are the worst for this, where they say it's bringing financial inclusion to everyone. And you're like, yeah. is a $50 fee going to do that? And then they have all these excuses and stuff, even when they're literally talking to people who are telling mm -hmm. them I am from this part of the world and I tried using it and it sucked, right? So sure. there, there's there's a lot more uh, words than there is action. And one thing I've found really interesting is that those tools and things that are going to be suitable for those markets are probably still going to take a little while. Like they're starting to, to get there. Obviously, your wallet is one good example, but there's a bit of a uh, impasse because the reason all the developed parts of the world or the rich parts of the world are that way is because that's where all the money and all the action is, right? So it's quite yeah. hard to simultaneously have access to all the sort of developed infrastructure which you need to run a modern app or to build a lot of great software and yeah. you know have access to investor pools and whatever else there is uh to versus being on the ground in somewhere that genuinely needs those tools like there, there's just always a bit of a disparity and people might think sure. okay there's the internet there's remote collaboration and zoom and all that sort of stuff but anybody who's made any kind of project or product knows look being on ground zero is insanely valuable right. so having that combination of like there just hasn't been quite yet it seems the traction or the desire for organic projects to go crazy in south america or in africa just they haven't managed to get enough momentum going to marry that uh mm. you know high high finance kind of thing with the people who need those those products yeah and I think one of the most underthought of things uh, for people in totalitarian regimes, for people like us and stuff, is just this privacy aspect. I mean, obviously, coming from Monero, like I said, you know, that's a that's a really big deal for me. It, it was a big deal for me before Monero. And the 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 funny thing is how it all worked out is Monero kind of gave me verbiage to describe beliefs that I had 
prior to cryptocurrency. I mean, I had these beliefs, but I didn't really have verbiage to describe them. You know, kind of the cypherpunk privacy first mentality, um, because, you know, I'm of the opinion that true freedom cannot exist without privacy. And, you know, yes, decentralization is great. Unconfiscatable is great. Uncensorable is great. But what good does it do you if I send you a transaction? The government can't stop that transaction. It still arrives in your wallet. They can't stop it like with fiat, but they can trace who it went to. So they just go pick you up and take you to jail. Right. So, okay, great. The technology didn't fail and that it was uncensorable. The government couldn't stop it. But the human, the human is now suffering as a result of this, right? Real freedom cannot happen without privacy. And I have big issues with all of these transparency coins that that really put privacy as an afterthought. BCH is one of these. You guys do have Cash Fusion, which is pretty cool. But privacy is not like the biggest at the forefront thing in everybody's minds here. No, 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 you guys. Privacy is very important to freedom. You cannot have real freedom without privacy. But because I'm such a privacy fanatic, right? I, I, I'm, of, I'm of the opinion that we should have multiple privacy baskets. If we put all of our eggs in one privacy basket, techno technologically, right? And then that one turns out to be broken in some sense. Well, then now we have nothing. Right. So, you know, Bitcoin Cash has Cash Fusion. Monero has its, you know, uh, Ring CT stuff going on there. Bitcoin has its Whirlpool and its uh, Wasabi. And Litecoin has introduced their Mimblewimble extension blocks, which will increase privacy. You know, all of these things have pros and cons and stronger privacy, lesser privacy, um, trade offs in terms of how centralized and decentralized it is, and, you know, all these things. And um, I think all of this is great. I think all of this is great because not everybody's threat model is the same, because the level of privacy that everybody needs is not going to be the same. The level of privacy that I need is not may not necessarily be the same from year to year of my life, right? And I be I may be willing to pay more for privacy at one point and less for privacy at another point. And um, all of these things are extremely important. So while you guys are squabbling and trying to figure out, you know, what is the most decentralized and all this kind of thing, I'm just trying to be like, okay, let's make sure that everybody's privacy is, it doesn't matter what coin you choose, you have access to privacy, right? And um, that has been a core tenet in making Stack Wallet. Not only do we have uh, privacy coins supported from the get-go, um, like Monero, like Firo, um, I want to make sure that all those coins that are not kind of privacy first in their mentality, but do have privacy technologies uh, that people can take advantage of. I want to make sure those are all in my wallet because that's the other thing that's not in the multi-coin wallets, right? Uh, multi-coin wallets will support Bitcoin Cash, but there's not going to be any cash fusion there. Multi-coin wallets will support Bitcoin, but there's not going to be any Whirlpool there. They might support Monero. They might not. Many of them don't. Uh, they might support Litecoin, but not without with, without the minimum look section blocks. They might support Firo, but without the ability to anonymize your transactions. Like nobody's got the balls to do this, man. It's it's scary, and somebody's got to do it. So somebody's got to make sure that no matter what people choose, they have access to privacy technology. And we decided that's going to be us. So you know, you go to Stack Wallet, which supports a number of different coins, not just Bitcoin Cash, and we're going to make sure you can use Cash Fusion. Uh, we're going to make sure that you can you know. Even you cash tokens or, you know, we've got plans for cash tokens and stuff like that. Like we we just want to be, I know that's not a privacy tech, but uh, we just want to be, be the one in the future. Yeah, no, that's Dang, the could be. Thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, we just want to be the one-stop shop where all the privacy tech is available 
on Stack Wallet, um, should you choose to use it. Because otherwise, I got to download a Bitcoin Cash wallet on my phone. I got to download a Litecoin wallet on my phone. Dude, I, I, I don't want to have 15 different apps on my phone. And I know every coin likes to think they're going to be the big kahuna and they're going to be the one to, to lead us into the to, into the new age, you know, Um and I know I am on a podcast of a specific coin that hopes to do, to do just that. So I mean, no offense to anybody. Um, no, it's but, cool, dude. Uh, everyone's welcome to have their have their take on it. You know, obviously we're you know I'm pretty maximalist on this uh, show, sure. but not, you know non toxic. And uh, yeah, I'm, you know if we're going to be the best, uh, we're going to have to slowly convince everyone else, and that's going to include sure. a lot of people who are a bit more you know uh, here and there. So that's fine. Sure. And so my thinking is, regardless of which coin makes it i want to make sure that coin has privacy options right yeah um and we have done more than just working on getting cash fusion in stack wallet so um obviously we just had a flip starter that was successfully funded to get cash fusion into stack wallet the cool thing is uh we were working for two months on the uh cash fusion lib in dart before the flip starter was funded and if the flip starter wasn't going to be funded um, I was paying out of pocket to get cash fusion in stack wallet because I'm just, I'm just that crazy about privacy, right? I need to make sure this stuff is in there. Um, it's great that the community stepped up and they decided to help fund this and, and make it, uh, to get it in there. It takes a load off of my shoulders for sure. Um, but it was going to get, it was going to get in there regardless. Um, it's just, uh, no, nobody prioritizes this stuff. Uh, it's always the afterthought. And then there, there have been a bunch of people that come to be like, well, can we get cash tokens in first? I'm like, no. The privacy oh. things, man. <laughs> the privacy things. They got to be in there. Anyway, I, I'm coming off as a fanatic, but it's and I don't know. Privacy is extremely important, and like I, I said it before, I'll say it again. You you can't have real freedom without privacy. So um, it should be a, a a big central talking point for any coin that hopes to take you know world reserve currency status for any coin that is is really trying to make a difference in the world and change the way that we interact with money and the way governments interact with money if there's no privacy on there man like it's it's not going to do that um and we've taken a step further you know the our on-site cryptographer has taken at the moment just a cursory look at the cash fusion um technology itself and we've already found a few things that we would tweak or change or make that are currently non-standard not to say that the tech is broken or anything but you know there's improvements to be made and uh one of the things i want to do is you know build on top of cash fusion and like okay how can we take this you know version 2.0 kind of thing you know with with stronger privacy and security guarantees than the ones that we currently have i just i i just want to make sure that uh we got the right people looking at this. We got people with expertise looking at this because too often, too often in the privacy space or in the crypto space, sorry, we have people who understand blockchain and understand tech. And because they understand these things, they think they understand digital privacy. It is a completely separate discipline. Having privacy on the open internet is extraordinarily hard. You know, Tor has stated, um, numerous times the difficulties that they've had you know things like i2p have a very have a very strict uh threat model that they say this is the threat model i2p defends against and has security guarantees against and doesn't necessarily on other things not to say it's not private in other areas but this is the one like where it's the most robust and uh you've, you've got all these people kind of bolting on and tacking on privacy to their projects and it's you know it's better than nothing absolutely it's better than nothing but that doesn't necessarily mean that 
oh well you know you can use this completely privacy or whatever dude monero has has it a YouTube channel called Breaking Monero, which is just here are the weaknesses of Monero's privacy um, and things you need to be aware of if you're using Monero. There is no one-stop shop for privacy as a whole. Um, you know, it's it's going to take using Tor or VPNs and you know using a, a password manager and uh, you know running something like Linux or uh, Cubes, Hunix, or you know it depends on how big your threat model is and how down deep down the rabbit hole you want to go. But you know, in order to be like 100% anonymous, like that's which is incredibly difficult if at all possible in our current day and age and digitally and then you get something like blockchain which is open and transparent on purpose because we want people to be able to verify the supply we want to be able to verify everything ourselves how do we add meaningful privacy in something that is extraordinarily public by design in such a way that doesn't hurt verifiability but also gives meaningful privacy like this is a tough one man this is tough and um, I try to position my little, you know, uh, crypto development design research firm, Cypherstack, um, which is the group behind Stack Wallet, um, to be at the forefront of those conversations. If anyone's having a conversation or doing research, we want to be a part of that. Um, we we stick our little grubby hands wherever we can into, into privacy things, um, working working with projects across the board, because this is a difficult problem. It's an unsolved one. A lot of cool tech is being made. You know, Monero's moving to a Seraphis protocol. Firo's moving to Lulantis Spark protocol. These are kind of a next-gen uh, privacy things in trustlessness. Zcash, you know, already um, updated to their uh, Halo, Halo 2. Sorry, the, the name escaped me for a moment, which is uh, pretty solid stuff. Like, we've got really interesting things happening in this space. And I don't want to see any coins, particularly the bigger coins, the coins with big aspirations like Bitcoin Cash, to get left behind in these conversations um, just because we're focused on you know, outperforming these other people or making sure that we're in these countries or what have you. Like, um, I want to make sure these conversations are happening and that uh, they are put where they need to be put, which is fairly central um, especially if the aspirations of a coin like Bitcoin Cash are as lofty as world reserve currency. Absolutely. Okay. So I totally agree with you that people don't care enough about privacy because you know what they're busy caring about? The price. That's all anyone <laughs> cares yep. about in this industry. We've got to check in on the price this week. Bitcoin Cash down $257.76 uh, USD, down a little bit there. One After BTC. my Flipstarter was funded. <laughs> such, such tragedy get on bch bull my friend dude, <laughs> one bbc <dude, laughs> the first flip starter failed because it was you know because the price was down but if it would have been funded it would have gone up three times you guys should yeah. have funded it then but <laughs> didn't have the coins then i guess it's a catch-22 you know right and then then after the price went up people were like hey you should try your flip starter again i'm like okay and they're like oh we're rich here's here's the money <laughs> so that, that was one fun <laughs> one BTC is 118.27 BCH down slightly. One ETH is 7.5 BCH also down slightly. So BCH uh, retracing a little bit after such an enormous pump, like you said. But have you been enjoying that uh, price action or how do you treat the markets uh, is as a privacy conscious person? I imagine you're not on the exchanges or anything like that. Yeah, I, like that, I, don't, I don't really. Tra I'm not a trader. I don't trade. Uh, cryptocurrencies try to make profit off that kind of thing. Um, it's not really my thing. I know the price gets a bad rap because everyone just focuses on it. The interesting thing for me, you know, particularly speaking as a privacy advocate, is 
Um, most new privacy tech has happened in the crypto space. Kind of before crypto, privacy really kind of stagnated with PGP. Um, you did have some outliers like Signal who made their Whisper protocol and stuff, right? Which is which was adopted by WhatsApp and uh, Facebook chat and and all these things for their. Uh, but other than that, privacy didn't really take any major strides forward. Privacy as a whole um, in communications and and whatever we're like, okay, we have HTTP for you know information exchange on the internet you can use tor and vpns if you want to and you know we got signal there, there really just wasn't a lot of movement in the privacy space particularly in hardcore cryptographic mathematical guarantees on exchange of data and data at rest um <clears throat> it was it was there in pockets but it really wasn't there a lot then cryptocurrency comes around and now all of a sudden there is built-in incentive for some coins to differentiate themselves um with privacy, which leads to a small explosion, I wouldn't exactly say gigantic, in uh, privacy research. And some of this privacy research is only applicable to kind of to cryptocurrency and the ledger exchange information, but some of it is also more generalized and can be used in other ways and with other applications um, than with just, you know, cryptocurrency and uh this exchange of being able to send and receive money. Some of it can be used in computing as a whole. I know there isn't a ton of research being done into this right now, but I do know that many protocols were designed to be more general than just cryptocurrency. And so like to me, yes, the price action stuff can get old, uh, but it is a way to funnel funding into privacy research into digital privacy research so even some of the projects that can seem a little bit more scammy and that i myself wouldn't park any money in um if they're doing legitimate privacy research then i'm like okay good on you guys at least when you go down you'll have done some good for the world right um and i have been on record when i was with monero saying and i still stand by this with all the projects that we work on even if monero is not the one right i want to and if monero goes down in flames i want to do everything i can to make sure that uh it is as good a stepping stone as it can be for whatever comes next privacy speaking and you know that was the case when i was with monero that's the case in all the little projects that cypherstack works now um so yeah the price gets a bad rap but it has and and it cryptocurrency itself gets a bad rap from the open source community at large because they're like oh we used to do this for fun or for passion or whatever but now people build their own coins into their stuff so to try to um which you know how dare they how dare these people try to make a living doing something that you know they would be forced to do for free otherwise because nobody donates them any money or or any of this stuff uh you know i also don't like it i go back and forth um obviously it's launching your own coin to do your own photoshop open source alternative is not something I think has any lasting staying power and is probably more scammy than not. But these people want to build something that other people can use for free and fork for free and stuff like let them try to make a little bit of money, I guess. Right. Um, anyway, uh, speaking that, of a, uh, a different aside, <laughs> speaking of building uh, for free, we've got a quick update on Celine, which is obviously 
uh, our world that we're working on as well too. V1.0.10 has come out with the fixes to iOS. People were having problems with different language settings and so on if they couldn't have uh, full stops versus commas when putting in amounts of satoshis and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I can also say we've got translation to 22 languages. Uh, I've coded that up this week, so it's sort of done in inverted commas. Uh, Callisti is reviewing it and we're we're working on that, but that will be coming soon for everybody who's been asking for that, probably in V1.0.11. So uh, progress is is carrying on there. Now, I've also got a slide here about Stack Wallet. Obviously, you already talked a little bit about it. It's open source. It's non-custodial. It's multi-coin. So you've got BCH, BDC, XMR, Ecash, Wow Narrow, <laughs> which I wow, didn't Nero. know. There's a there's a comedy fork of uh, Monero, which I'd never heard of before, uh, and it's focused on on privacy. But I was wondering, yeah, if you could just give a bit more detail as to. Oh, you've already explained kind of what the what the focus is and what the game plan is. But I saw you had this Stack Duo version as well, which is BTC and XMR only, which I found very very interesting. Because clearly, if people were requesting or needing that, there must be some crossover happening there of BTC people that are trying to do some kind of store my money in BTC, but then trade it into XMR to transact privately with it, right? And if you could fuse those two things together into one coin, it would obviously be killer. Can you walk me through what, what happened there? How did this stack duo come about? Yeah, if I had my way, there would only really be stack wallet. Um, but BTC people can be a bit snooty at things. And there was kind of a, a camp that just wanted Bitcoin only and a camp that was like Bitcoin XMR. I, As you know, I'm XMR guy, you know, and there's a lot of Bitcoin only wallets out there. Yes, none of them are as pretty or as beautiful or easy to use or wonderful as Stack Wallet. I get it. Everybody wants in on the Stack Wallet action. Again, if I had my way, BTC people be less snooty, just use a wallet that has other coins. You don't even have to touch any of the other coins in there right you don't have to touch them and they go oh but there's a bigger tax surface and okay 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 you know what i get it. um and i didn't just make this out of the goodness of my heart they ended up raising they being a couple of small bitcoin communities ended up raising a fair amount of money to actually make stack duo happen um and i have a i have a profitability ability path with it in that whirlpool their privacy technology um uh, gives a commission to uh the wallets that uh funnel bitcoin into their whirlpool thing i think something cash fusion doesn't have sadly yes. otherwise i would be uh probably happy to do a stack duo bch version as well uh the reality is i also have a family to feed i've got employees to pay and stack wallet is largely being funded out of my own pocket donations are scarce and sparse you can donate stackwallet.com slash donate all of you can go donate all of your money to stack wallet so we can do all these things well, that'd be great um but knowing that will not happen and i'll probably get 20 cents off of this episode in donations i have to keep in mind how we're going to be able to keep building this in the future and be profitable and i've never been shy about you know how we make money there's no ads we don't take anybody's data so we sell nothing basically if you use the swap service in stack wallet uh, we get a commission based off of every swap. Um, if you use the buy service, which is KYC, unfortunately, but you know, for some people, for Monero, it's not that big a deal because you know we're private. Um, big a deal for you, transparency coins, which is sad, but you know, sucks to be you guys. If you use the buy uh, 
portion in our wallet. We also get a commission off of that. Whirlpool for Bitcoin is not yet integrated, but we hope to have a third profitability stream from there. And so because Stack Duo would also have uh, Whirlpool and does have swap and stuff like that, there is there is some uh, profitability potential for that. And they raise the funds for the initial uh, push of work. So since then, it has been annoying. I have regretted it many times where we've had <laughs> we've made a big change in Stack Wallet and have to port all of those changes to Duo. It's like, God, so what am I doing here? These you couldn't just use... give them a feature switch. You couldn't just have a button in there that was like switch off everything else. But the other code is still and... there and the attack surface and all that kind of stuff or whatever. Again, give me a break. Well, world... isn't the attack surface fucking higher if you have to maintain a separate fork and you overlook a bug or something like okay, <laughs> which has right. happened? <laughs> so oh, we'll we'll just have to see. Um they they cared about these things. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh it's not too big skin off of our nose, but I probably won't be doing this much again um unless somebody comes like here diego here's a million bucks i want you to make a fork with just this thing okay sure you know whatever that's kind of how all that came out and it was our first time doing that so a lot of lessons have been learned as a result mm-hmm. um but yeah you know i gotta make money off of this i got a family to feed um cypher stack does well enough with our current clients that i am able to um, feed my family, pay my employees, and have some of the employees work on Stack Wallet full time. I would obviously like Stack Wallet to be profitable in and of itself, so that way I can. We've been very frugal here at my house these past many months. Stack Wallet is not profitable. Again, launching a uh, product in this space is very hard. We're going up, just barely up, you know. Um, and hopefully it's one of those slowly then all at once type things, but, uh, you know, trust is hard won and easily lost. So, um, we're doing better than we were before. Still not profitable in any sense of the word, but one day we might just be, so that's the way that it goes. And, you know, if I decide to, you know, this is just too much money, too much, whatever, can't keep going on this. You got other things to do, bigger fish to fry and a family to feed. Well, it's all open source. So anyone can pick up the mantle and keep going with that. And if anybody wants their own fork, whether it's BCHXMR or BCH only and stuff, and take advantage of all the beautiful, fantastic user experience stuff that we've made, you're more than willing to, you're more than able and welcome to fork it, strip out all that other stuff that you don't want and release it yourself totally fine then that's that's the scary thing right because if somebody does then they might take all of the community like oh just use our fork it's just this only and people like oh yeah so all the great stuff of stack wallet but minus all the stuff i don't care about okay uh that's that's the risk that we take when we make this kind of thing gpl but i mean um, they might do but that's that's a bit overblown right i'm not super worried that like somebody is going to come along and fork uh selene and just suddenly like take all our users right and there's two reasons the first is kind of like you were saying is that well specifically more in the case of Celine, is it's for bch so anybody who forks it and makes it better mm-hmm. and makes bch better well that's it they're pumping up the podcast downloads and the sure. price of bch without me having to do anything so Absolutely. i'm already covered in that regard but even if you're setting that aside even if somebody did fork your wallet and stuff and we've kind of seen this in the the btc and space and stuff regardless is the open source is not the that's the beginning of the process not the end right. of the process right, right. if you completely copy somebody's project you have the exact same code on that particular day but then the second they make a change well are you just copying it and if your team is just copying changes from the other one then you're not the ones that really can be trusted or know what they're doing with the project in the first place and what about your release process what about your communication with the users what about you know these hundred other things the money to keep it 
going? What about right. the reputation built over time? There's so many other elements to it, right? right? Right. And beyond that, you know, if the downstream people do make a good change, even if they don't uh, put it upstream, well, in our case, because we're GPL, it, yeah. they, you know, they have to be GPL as well. Yeah, you could just go ahead and add that stuff back into your thing, which is really cool. Um, yeah, there's a question on the Twitch chat, which I do have open on the side. Um, it must be a slightly latecomer because they ask any BCH specific functions supported like Cache Fusion. Cache Fusion is coming very, very, very soon. The, li the library is already done um, and integration has been it's been worked on for the past couple of weeks. Uh, so we should actually, actually hopefully see Cache Fusion quite soon. And then after that, uh, I would like to get Cache Tokens in. Um, and I'll be talking with the BCH community about anything else they would like to see in there. I know there have been a lot of requests for things that like, for example, Bitcoin.com does. Um, which on that spectrum that I'm talking about, I think Bitcoin.com is one of those over-designed, over-bloated messes that is, yeah. you know, it's just, it's Great. just turned, it's, it's gross. Um, if you're a Bitcoin.com person and you're watching um, and you'd like some personal opinions, give me a call uh, because there's, there's a lot that needs to be cut there. Um, anyway, all that being said, and that's all in the name of profitability and all that kind of stuff. And that, that's a, that's a very difficult line to walk right and that i do want my wallet to be profitable and make money for my family and you know i'm not trying to be a millionaire off of this but i'd like to make a decent living off of something like stack wallet so i i gotta optimize in some areas uh so that way we can actually you know work on this and and continue to work on this and make a living while at the same time not trying not to fall down the whole launch our own coin here's our own little network thing that makes me a lot of money it's tough man it's tough seeing all these big companies making these bullshit products and making millions and going i have the team capabilities to make this and to be a millionaire right what what's in, what's important here What's important? And it, some days it's harder than others to stick to my ideals and say, well, no, what's important is that, you know, we we help set people free. And you don't uh, think they're going to fade away. Like, I mean, we've seen some ICOs and all that stuff, obviously being new and everybody very uneducated about it. Crypto did have a big wave of scamming and there will be scams in the future and there will be company coins and all that. But it's becoming less and less viable over time as people are more aware to the value that actually comes out of these kind of things. I agree, but desperation leads people to do things they otherwise might not. And there's a lot of desperate people in the world. And you will see people that are, you, you have to look no further than gambling, right? The traditional gambling industry. You have a lot of desperate people hoping to make some money and they lose their money. And they come back with their next paycheck because they're still desperate and they still have very few options to try to pull themselves out of the place that they are already in. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's it's very easy to kind of cross our arms and look down on and mock the people who were scammed once, scammed twice, scammed three times. You're like, come on, man, when will you ever learn? We just don't understand the level of desperation that these people are at right you know they got a they got a wife and two kids and something and that with no future yeah and they're like I, yeah, yeah. If, if if i if i had to take a long shot odds gamble that might give my kids a better life in exchange for this paycheck which is so small that even if i saved it for you know 20 years it still wouldn't be enough to give my kids a good life i might take that gamble man like it it sucks to say and it sucks to see but a lot of these people like They'll, they'll do. Yes, you do have the people that are rich and just want to be richer or well, well off enough and should be content and they just want to be multimillionaires. But I, I don't see this stuff ever really dying off because there's a lot of desperation in the world and a lot of people willing to take these long odds gambles because that's all that they have. 
um, which is really yeah. sad because those are the people the scammers are extracting, uh, going to be extracting money from again and again and again. But it's just, you know, it's, it's the way that our current world works. And uh, one of the things that cypherpunks hope to help put a stop to as we take the government's monopoly of money production away from them, right? Uh, where we, uh, in, in theory, as as the talking points go, you know, as, as uh, money becomes more permissionless, and uh less centralized and less uh prone to censorship and stuff we are people are actually going to be able to have opportunities that they they wouldn't otherwise and this i don't know man this is what really locked me in when i was first looking at all this just the compassionate heart at the root of all of this and <laughs> in the crypto industry nowadays you have to dig deep 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 down to find that compassionate heart again just with so many layers of bullshit built on top of it um but it's there at the core of the technology, right? Um, as everyone knows, you know, the reason Satoshi wrote the white paper, released Bitcoin, was because there's all these invisible taxes via inflation. So that way we can bail out these big, gigantic, rich assholes who are um, making tons and tons of sketchy bets on the economy, basically, um, all for a hope of gigantic return. And when it is gigantic return they keep all the money and then when they're like oh no we lost all of our money but like if we go down everyone goes down with us so give us money government so the government prints out a bunch of money devaluing everybody's money in an invisible tax so that way the rich can stay rich instead of fail right these are opportunities that are not given to the average person will never be given to the average person and if we do move to uh you know away from fiat and more towards you know some sort of hard currency as the meme goes then these sorts of things will become also less and less which means that you know everyone has uh more opportunities all around or at the very least things become more equitable in that sense where people aren't able to take it rich richies aren't able to take advantage and i'm not going to say it's going to save the world because they'll be able to take advantage of things in other ways but you know it, it in on this level at the very least it makes things more equitable and um yeah, that that compassionate heart there that looks to the common person and uh, tries to help in whatever way it can, imperfect as it may be, you, you you have to respect somebody who's trying, who's coming up with a new idea and trying something to help make things better for everybody. Like that's something worth respecting, um, and that is that is the thing that is completely lost under under the layers of BS. And so when you have all these other people looking into the scammy world of cryptocurrency. I don't blame them that they don't see that at the root. And you try to tell them that they, they're like, are you kidding me? This is just a place for people <laughs> yeah. to scam and extract money. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't begrudge you that opinion. But uh, if you dig a little deeper, which I understand if you don't want to, but if you dig a little deeper, there's something there's something there. There's a compassionate heart there. And that's that's why I like to be a part of this. Yeah. So speaking of that, you just did have your flip starter funded. And I think a lot of what you were saying there about digging deeper and so on is very relevant with the Bitcoin cash community who obviously have been through so much history and pain and scams and all this, you know, going on. But at the root of it, it's managed to somehow truck through all of that, uh, not without a lot of problems, but it has kind of come out the other side. And I think the fact that you understand that and you are able to sort of demonstrate and show that I've been very impressed in the way that Stack Wallet, despite not being like you're saying about being, you know, BCH specific. It's like you have BCH, but you have a lot of other coins, you're working with them and, and so forth. Uh, but you've still managed to connect with the BCH community on those 
authentic value. So I was wondering if you could give some thoughts as to how you sort of manage that because it hasn't necessarily been easy or it could be a template for other companies or people, especially multi-coin type of operations that come into this space, yeah. what you think they could do in, in that regard. So this, like the very first thing, like you mentioned, is authenticity. You really can't be bullshitting these people, um, especially in a, in a place full, when you when you live your day to day in a place full of scams and pretty words, you know, if you've been here long enough and you're savvy enough, you start getting a little detector there for, you know, who's genuine, who's not, who's just trying to extract my money, who's not. And, you know, again, this is a little, this is a fine line to cross because I do want to make money, but I also want to do it in a way that is honest and good and helps the most people. I believe that's totally possible. I don't think you have to be a scammer to make money, right? So uh, you do have to be genuine kind of above all else. And you have to know what you're talking about. Right. You can't come in here and like with a with a rudimentary understanding of blockchain. And I mean, I have I have things that I agree that BCH has done. I have opinions on big block, small block that are well informed and very good. I think both BCH and BTC did things wrong, by the way, because I come from Monero, blah, blah, blah. I can expand on that another time. But uh, but I I respect the different experiments that are going on. Right. Because at, at, at the crux of the, the big block, small block issue was how do we scale Bitcoin? And I think this is what people forget. At the crux of this, both sides want the technology to succeed because they see value in it and they see that it can help a lot of people. They disagreed on the specifics of how to get this technology to its full potential. Both sides loved the technology and saw that it could help people. They disagreed with the specifics on how it could get there. And that got lost in all of the huge infighting and name calling and finger pointing and all this kind of stuff, right? But at the core, you have two groups of people that want to help the world with their tech. And so, great, they, they split. I wouldn't say amicably, but I guess there were no shots fired, no people killed. So in, in regards to kind of the rest of human history, it was a very amicable split. Right. Um, they split amicably in terms of how they wanted their coin to be and governance to be. And they both took on two different sides of the experiment. Um, the market is favoring one more highly. Maybe it's just the name brand. Maybe it's whatever. Um, we'll see, you know, if crypto ever goes big at scale, maybe BTC will be able to handle it. Maybe it won't. Maybe. And if they don't, maybe BCH will. And maybe they won't. And if they don't, then maybe somebody else will. And maybe they won't. Right. It's very hard to pick the winner. You know, if anyone could pick the winner, they'd be you know, super rich and probably not even be here because they'd be drowning in their wealth that they made from stocks or, you know, VC money or whatever the case may be, because they pick winners all the time. But and I, I think that's kind of the biggest thing I, that I keep going back to. And that's the thing that makes me relatable, even though I am on, even though I speak to and and join hands with people on both sides of the Bitcoin aisle, and then, you know, on on several sides of you know, other coins have their little rivalries and stuff as well. And and people get really disappointed because I'm, you know, if I may say so, I'm I'm a smart guy, I'm good at what I do, I understand the tech and stuff. And so everyone's like, oh Diego, you know, you should you should work on these things and you should do these things with us. And and I and I refuse to kind of take uh, a a big side and say this is my camp and this is where I go. Um because I think there's a lot of experiments worth running. You know, uh, and like similar to the privacy basket, if we threw everything that we had into one coin, all of us, and it failed, we're kind of screwed, right? Um, and, and so, in my understanding, not just of the tech and my 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 authenticity, and again, so not just understanding of the tech, but understanding of the heart behind all of this, that both sides of Bitcoin in particular um, want to see 
the tech succeed because they think it could change lives and it could change the world. They just took slightly different stances on the specifics. Then, okay, I I feel no no um, internal turmoil or cognitive dissonance trying to do what I can to help both sides here. Um, because, you know, in the event that one fails, the other might succeed and, the, and vice versa. And uh, the, t- the tech is, is strong and it's, it's really cool and it's very interesting. And, you know, big blocks, cool. Let, let's see if this works, man. Like it, there should be an excitement here. Like, great, big blocks. Let's see if this works. Small blocks, cool. Let's see if that's, let's see if all that's necessary, right? Like let, let's do our little things. And, you know, small blocks has forced uh, Bitcoin into having to make a second layer like lightning. Um, it's kind of cool. It kind of sucks. I'm trying to get light, lightning into the stack wallet and it like super sucks from a UX perspective and I kind of hate it, but it's kind of cool. Um, Bitcoin Cash didn't need lightning because of the big blocks, but maybe even those big blocks might get full and that might force Bitcoin Cash into other things. But because Bitcoin Cash didn't need to put a bunch of money into layer two, you guys have been able to put you know time and research into other things like Cash Fusion. Cool. Like cool all this oh i i understand like the the butting of heads and all this gets lost and like yeah but like are you a bitcoiner though like come on man like we're we're working on cool tech here right you don't have to like those guys but like they're working on cool tech too and you guys are working on cool tech so like everybody's cool man like as long as you're building something cool i want to be a part of it so so you have uh, all like uh, your wallet supports a bunch of coins and like you know bitcoin and a bunch of different forks do you guys have support for bsv uh i don't support bsv at the moment it would be very easy for me to add i don't like craig rice <laughs> he's he's kind of the worst <laughs> so um at the moment as long as he's kind of in head leadership uh, uh a leadership-esque position uh, i know a lot of bsvers would say he's not a leader con- he's leadership-esque position um i at present don't plan to support i do still have standards okay i do still have standards i i do know they are working on some pretty some pretty nifty things um and everything is a balance. You got to look at the pros. You got to look at the cons. Um, BCH has good people. Bitcoin has good people. Um, BSV has mostly good people and some pretty bad egg. I know everybody's got bad eggs. I know. I know. Everyone's going to come and like, oh, but this and this and it's okay. It's okay. It's my wallet. You can fork it and, um, you know, add BSV if you want to. Or or you can add BSV yourself and make a pull request. And, you know, if I don't have to do any work, <laughs> I might I might just uh, put it in there. So, yeah, that answers that question. No plans to add BSV at present. Um, but that doesn't mean necessarily that I don't see that they're building some pretty neat things. At well, the same time, I have... Say again? So, so I was asking for two reasons. One, because I noticed that like uh, you had eCash support and that was a later fork, right? So I was curious. What Correct. Was and then uh, I guess, so whether or not that was a conscious decision and then knowing that they you know, are about gigameg blocks, but are also doing things about making the blockchain more compliant or enforcing law through the blockchain. Yeah. And hearing you talk so much about privacy, I was like, okay, is this just a, no, I'm not, I'm not tolerating with this kind of culture. Yeah. uh, As you could probably tell with my freedom, privacy, everything talk, that doesn't quite jive as well with what I'm thinking. Um, in the event that the BSV community, like I understand that could just be a subset of the BSV community or whatever, but it really seems like for the most part, everyone's on board because they want to get, well, not everyone, but a, a lot of people are on board, especially people, influential people. So at the moment, it doesn't really help my underlying vision of setting people free. It is my, I have, I have Stack Wallet is, you know, a vision born of my own personal understandings, right or wrong, though they may be, I don't know everything. 
on the best way to start setting people free. I could be 100% wrong on this, but I'm doing my best with what I have, with the resources that I have, with the, with the beliefs that I have. And I totally champion anyone else who I, I totally support everyone else, maybe not monetarily with, or with my own work, but I support the idea of anyone else who's trying to help others the best they can with their understanding of how the world works. And so I, I do believe, you know, BSV will have a lot of people who genuinely think the best way for cryptocurrency to succeed would be playing nice with regulations. Um, I don't necessarily agree, but I don't think that those people are scammers or completely stupid or just complete moronic idiots or whatever. They have a different understanding of how the world works. I just had a baby a year ago and the way that I saw life completely changed based off of that one event. How am I going to look at somebody else who has gone through an entire life's worth of different events than me and sees things different than me and thinks that people can be helped in a different way then I think they can be helped. And how am I going to say, no, you shouldn't be doing that, right? Um, th this is kind of my big issue with BTC Maxis, you know, laser eye kind of people as a whole is they they are convinced they're right. And they very well, they, they very well might be, but they very well might not be, um, you know, and at, once again, at the, at the core of their thing is that they think Bitcoin is the only chance we have. And if that was true, then I could totally see how they're like, and all these other stuff is a distraction or a threat because we only get one shot at this. That's kind of their, having spoken with many maxis, their their idea is that we get only one shot at this cryptocurrency thing. We get only one shot at this uh, money divorced from government thing. And if we waste it with all this other ancillary bullshit, we're not getting another shot. They're not going to give us another shot. Okay. If they truly believe that, then I understand why they are the way they are. They are, you know, just livid about making sure the one shot we have is the best shot we, we that we ever get, right? Um, I don't quite agree. And because of that, I, you know, I don't really support you know, um, their viewpoint and, and, and what they're trying to do. Yes, they're annoying. Yes, they're whatever. But uh, when you, when you take a step into somebody else's shoes, even if you don't agree a hundred percent, you oftentimes see that they can be internally consistent and that as at least that much I can respect. So the empathy thing is strong. <laughs> and, and because of that, you know, empathy is really important for UX designer, by the way. That's why I'm a good one. It's not saying every viewpoint is right. Not saying I condone every viewpoint. I'm sure you could step into Hitler's shoes and see some internal consistency there. It doesn't mean I, I support anything that he did or, you know, uh, I, I, you know, but, you know, at the same time, um, I can learn lessons from that and see that, okay, anyone can turn into a monster under the right circumstances. And rather than just try to divorce him, oh, he was he was a monster of a human and none of us are, right? Um, learn from that and say, what sort of circumstances would it take for me to kill for my family to, you know, try to eradicate a, a whole group of people? And th these are very uncomfortable questions <laughs> that I don't yeah. ask myself often because I've got, <laughs> you know, I got better things to do. But uh there's, there's lessons to be learned everywhere, I think. And that's that's the big thing. Um, so some might say, well, that's just you kind of shying away from choosing a camp and giving it the best that you can give, which I can see kind of what they're saying. But at the moment where I am, I'm happy with where I am and I'm happy with trying to contribute to the technologies that I think uh, are worth contributing to. And sorry if it seems a little bit of a cop out of an answer. Why haven't you come full BCH yet? But <laughs> that's... Uh, I, 
I like being a part of this. You know, I like helping you guys and doing cash fusion and doing these things, but I don't like it enough that I'm going to take away all the eggs from the other baskets. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't. We don't. We're not here to demand allegiance to the one, uh, sure, the one, sure. the one true option. Although that that and that's a lesson, you know, for the BCH community. Right? Is my theory, my personal theory, is sort of like you were saying that we kind of not necessarily that we only have one shot. I don't believe that's true because. If BCH failed, well, you could always start another coin or join another coin. Like that's definitely obviously on the table. But uh, on the other hand, I do agree with the element that you kind of got to concentrate your forces. If you're too diffuse about everything, you're not really going to get anywhere. So that's why I myself was just kind of like, even even if I was didn't like BCH or I was in another coin, I would probably be pretty maximalist for that coin. Like I would be like, okay, all my time, you know, you got to be in a niche kind of thing. So. I, and I, I think, understand I think, that. I, I think the yeah. thing that best explains my behavior is that I am a maximalist. I am a privacy maximalist. You guys yes. can worry about the cryptocurrency maximalism, but we got to have somebody worrying about the privacy stuff. So um, whichever whichever one of you ends up being right, great. That one will have privacy and I will have been involved in it. So <laughs> that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, exactly. Makes a lot of sense. So speaking of that, we've got this uh, new announcement this week of Arkham, Arkham Intel, who... I don't know if they've even really kind of been around a while or in beta or something, but they made a big splash in the last week that announcing their project of de-anonymizing the blockchain, which they claim in this sort of very uh, flagrant way uh, mm. to be a marketplace for blockchain sleuths to earn bounties posted by journalists and researchers. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to spin this as like where the good guys, of course, in their own messaging, where they say, look, there's tons of demand for people to know who has this particular address or who owns this NFT or similar things of that nature. And then on the other hand, there are people who are really good at digging up that information. So you've got the, you know, you've got the demand and you've got the supply. You just need to marry them up. We'll make a marketplace. That part of it isn't necessarily wrong in the sense that, yes, I think there is perhaps a commercial opportunity there. But on the other hand, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And it sort of seems like this kind of project is truly opening the door to a whole range of like assassination markets and people getting Mm. paid to dox other people and put them at risk. And I mean, there's also going to be an element that having this will then encourage more people into privacy solutions and taking that problem seriously. So it's always an arms race. But I wondered what you made of this kind of announcement like is this so some sort of government attack on crypto that's being funded under the radar what's going on here so a couple of things one it's brilliant this is brilliant how many basement like not not even just in in blockchain uh analysis but in in any sort of tech thing right how many basement dwelling people you've never met you've never heard of you never know have skills beyond your comprehension and you know, uh, let me give an example. Stack Wallet was having a really tough time getting Monero to build for Windows um, because we wanted to not just be mobile; we want to have a Windows thing. We were having a really tough time getting it to build. And you no, know, I've got I've got employees who I pay, but we've also got you know clients who we're working with and other thing places on Stack Wallet we're doing. And so we're devoting what time to this that we could. I put a bounty out on this. I said, you know, I'll give one Monero to someone who could get this building. Within two days, I had two submissions. Right. So you are taking advantage of brain power 
good brain power, maybe even some of the best brain power that is currently just sitting there doing nothing, playing games, doing whatever, right? <clears throat> in Africa, in, in Europe, in America, wherever, it's the internet, it's everywhere. You're taking advantage of sitting powerful brain power to do work like this rather than just hire you know a blockchain like this this is brilliant this th th that this hasn't done before is in in this particular space is mind-boggling to me i don't like it but it's brilliant you know it, it's brilliant that said modern day cypherpunks tend to be quite bitchy okay so like when you when you're when you're talking like just because you can doesn't mean that you should. The whole idea behind cypherpunk ideology is that we make it technologically impossible as enforced by mathematics and cryptography for humans to sink their little slimy, corrupt claws and into whatever we're making and change things, right? The whole reason that Bitcoin, BCH can't have more than, what is it, 21 million is because it's enforced by protocol, right? We, we've done it the cypherpunk way in that we've made it so... It's impossible for an external actor to come in and change that, enforced by math. And the thing that makes me roll my eyes, coming from the world of Monero, the thing that makes me roll my eyes at you know, the, the transparency chain things is when somebody comes along and says, look, we've made this tool to track this stuff on your transparent blockchain. They're like, you shouldn't do that. That is the least cypherpunk thing I've ever heard. The cypherpunks will come and say, we will make it mathematically impossible for you to do that. But because we've adopted this transparency layer thing, we've got all these people coming around here and whining, why are you doing this? You shouldn't doing this. This is bad. Build something so it doesn't happen that way, right? That, that's kind of that's like what Monero did. Like, yes, there are still heuristics. There are still things you can do to shoot yourself in the foot with private. Um, so you break your own privacy and stuff. But we made it so that way, even if somebody wants to, it becomes very difficult to do so. So really, I'm having a completely different conversation regarding Arkham than anyone else is. Everyone's talking about, should they be doing this? How scared should we be, right? Um, they are bad people for doing this. We don't like the bad people. Whining, whining, bitching, bitching. Come on, guys. If you're cypherpunks, build something that does something about it, right? But what, what, what are we going to do? Just, just sit here and type on our keyboards all day about how we don't like these people that do it. If it's possible, it will be done. If it's possible, it will be done. If it's not these guys, it's going to be other guys. And if it's not those other guys, it's going to be the government. And if it's not the government, it's going to be a corporation because there's money here. If you don't want anybody doing this for any reason, build something so it doesn't happen, right? Um <clears throat> I understand. I, I I get it. I, I hear the comments coming already, but we need the verifiability that comes from public transactions and public everything. We need to verify there's not more than 21 million. Nobody has broken the protocol. The, if going completely like Monero, where you have you know everything private, is comes with the trade-off that uh, you have to trust the math and you can't verify for yourself beyond just the mathematics. It's okay. I, I get it. I get it. But then you should be fighting for stronger privacy things like cash fusion we should be funneling more money into you know cash fusion 2.0 um into the next stage beyond cash fusion into getting this adopted into as many wallets as possible into making it so it's maybe a default where you start mixing all these things right you don't have to completely go the the full monero way to try to make your coin and ecosystem as private as possible uh, cypherpunks build. That's what we do. We see a problem in society and we build something to try to solve it. So th that's why when the first flip starter failed, it was a little disappointing to me because like it was a big ask. Um, you know, it was like 
$20,000 worth of BCH. And people were like, whoa, um, which I can talk about why it was that much uh, to begin with. But uh, putting that aside for just a moment, because it, it, it kind of told me that, you know, like people are like, yeah, cool privacy. It's it's pretty neat. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to do anything to make it happen. And then Arkham comes out and it was like, whoa, this is bad. You know, uh, so it's just it's, it's this it's this big disconnect. It's it's a very funny conversation that's happening to me coming, you know, with my roots in Monero, where it's like, well, let's 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 stop whining about it. Let's start building something. And if you're not a builder, you know, move some of your money to some people that are building. Um, so that way we can actually solve and resolve this problem because like you said privacy is an arms race and expecting the other side to stop or not do it because you don't want them to is very very silly uh, it, it reminds me of this spongebob episode i don't know how much you've seen this one. i know i don't watch a lot of tv but you know, i watched spongebob when i was younger and spongebob and patrick are just shouting at each other from across the room like hey how are you doing oh i'm doing fine what are you up to and squidward is kind of in the middle of them and Squidward yells at them like, guys, I can hear like, why are you shouting through me? Like, I can hear everything you're saying. And they're like, well, I can't believe he was eavesdropping. Yeah. yeah how yeah. rude kind of thing. Right. Like that, that's transparent blockchains to me. Everybody's yelling everything about every transaction. And then you got you got some people be like, oh, I'm just I'm here over here taking notes. And everyone's like, well, how dare you? How dare you be taking notes? It's it's it's, it's kind of silly. Um, so that's kind of my whole thing. With Arkham, I don't, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. As you know, I think privacy is essential to freedom, and anyone who's trying to erode privacy is certainly no friend of mine. But expecting, <laughs> expecting nobody to do it, and not planning for it, and not building for it, is beyond naivete to me. It is, you know, it, it's, it's very silly. So that, that's kind of my take on the whole thing, and it's my reason for, you know, putting all. The, stuffing as much privacy stuff will fit into stack wallet as possible so that way because the, the other option and this is the really sad thing is that there are people who understand this and want to use the privacy options available to them but they're really hard to use the ux on privacy stuff is really bad right it's not good Monero's great because you just send and it just works transparency transparency coins bch btc you got you got a lot more steps involved you know things are a little bit more confusing and as a ux designer I want to make these as unconfusing as possible for people. You know, there's going to be a hard limit. You can only optimize so much, but I want to make it accessible to as many people as possible. For one, it increases the crowd that you get to hide in, right? The bigger the crowd, the harder it is to find you. Um, the bigger and more homogenous the crowd, the harder it is to find you. All of digital privacy kind of works on this premise. Uh, but for two, you know, there may be some people who will need privacy very quickly, Um at the drop of a hat, you know, somebody's coming for them, they get a stalker, all this kind of thing. They they don't they might not have the time to watch 20 YouTube videos about you know how to do these things. I want to be able to open up Stack Wallet and go, I need privacy for my money. And there it is. I got it. Boom. You know, I never touched this before. I've never done this before, but I can use this and now my things are private within certain guarantees and certain definitions of privacy and blah 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 blah. I, I want to do everything that I can to to make it as as accessible to as many people as possible. And I feel like I'm one of the few, again, if I'm correct, and privacy is an actual need for real freedom, then we got a ton of people working on the non-censorship portions, on the decentralization portions, which are important, and very few people working on not just privacy, because we got people working on privacy, but making privacy accessible, uh, which means making people actually free. Very few people working on actually making people free. 
Um, but the BCH community funded the Flipstarter. So we got people who do have an interest in seeing this come to pass and do have an interest in seeing privacy on BCH. And it is an arms race. So one day Cash Fusion will probably be beaten. But by then, I hope we'll be on Fusion 2.0 or the next tech, you know, in in general. And I hope to have that in Stack Wallet too. Yeah. Yeah. I think the BCH community does take privacy quite seriously. I, you know, I would struggle to think of community members, especially prominent ones that were against that. I think the disconnect, maybe if you're feeling that kind of comes down to a lack of resources more than anything else. Like you say, it's very hard to do all this stuff at once. You obviously have to be resilient yeah from the decentralization you have to have your scaling plans kicking along you have to promote your coin the bch community is doing tons of work with merchant onboarding and stuff more than any other coin there is probably then you also have to have your tech and your DeFi going and like privacy it's it's just one thing in the in the arsenal for your average crypto you know and so unless we are going to compete with monero or zcash or whatever and become a privacy coin it really just needs to be that we we get some more price pumps and then some more money can flow into this stuff i mean sure but i i disagree on one point for example you mentioned merchant yeah. you mentioned merchant adoption right yeah. let's let's imagine a south american merchant is accepting bch and there's no privacy somebody through arkham or otherwise is able to track down which is this person's bch wallet that he's accepting money from you know south america not all of it is bad you know i I'm right next to Mexico and Mexico is not a great and I'm Mexican. So I could say this, right? So let's actually, let's move the, let's move it to Mexico. So we're a little bit more politically correct because I'm Mexican and I can say these things, right? Um, okay. A merchant in Mexico is accepting this money. Somebody finds out which one his wallet is. This merchant doesn't have access or understanding of privacy options. And these people, these, uh, you know, ne'er-do-wells realize that this merchant is making quite a bit of money versus some of the other merchants in their area. Now they have a target that they can go after to take this guy's money, torture him to give up his keys because this guy did not have access to privacy. If we're trying to get merchant adoption, okay, let me, let me tell you this, right? We're trying to get merchant adoption. We're trying to get people to accept our coins. And we're saying, oh, and by the way, everyone can see every transaction you've made. How many merchants would adopt? None. (laughs) Well, yeah. And that's, and that's right. And work is going on in that area. Right. So that's where I think obviously, you know, people doing things like not properly, not reusing addresses, obviously having cash fusion, and even just the nature of P2P payments, Mm -hmm. right? I sort of think of merchant adoption, it's easy to say, okay, well, that's not perfect. But on the other hand, if you're another coin that doesn't even have any merchants, well, if there's no way you can spend P2P without KYC and without all this kind of bullshit, right? The like you said, the anonymity increases with every uh, sort of hop of the right. circular economy you can have without it coming back to an exchange or somebody needing to trade it for fiat and so on. So I, you know, yeah, I, I agree. Our approach is not perfect, and there's a lot of work to be done there. But I would say, relative to the field of cryptocurrencies, BCH is quite high up there on that sure. on that metric. I mean, there's always that's why I'm here. What more we can do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's certainly uh, enabled by default. I think is a big big thing like you're saying like in Celine right now you load it up there's no registration no nothing you just yeah. it already automatically cycles you through addresses and hopefully we will at some point have cash fusion which will probably just put on by default in the background so nobody even knows about it maybe you'll be able to switch it off or do some coin management if you're mm-hmm. into that but it will just be built in there and yeah whatever the next thing is and the next thing we we certainly need to be cognizant of and 
and encouraging that because like like you just said bad actors are going to be out there and they're not going to wait around or like accept any bitching and moaning they're just going to get the job done so we need to have that same attitude that's that's certainly something i 100 percent agree with all right so that on a a completely different uh note just because it was also uh (laughs) the topic of the week that we had to had to do had to discuss couldn't avoid mentioning this uh we've got the lawsuit from Ripple came out. So I've got a headline here. Ripple Labs notches landmark win in SEC case over XRP. Now, I will say, I think this headline is actually a bit misleading. I'm certainly not neither the legal expert nor the expert on this exact case. I haven't gone way down the rabbit hole uh, into all the specifics. In fact, usually I actually read the judgments of these kind of uh, cases before I cover them on air, but I didn't didn't have enough time this Week, But the summary is that Ripple have been in this long lasting battle uh, over their coin being a security or not a security, mm-hmm. you know, pre mine and all and all the key players involved and all that's been controversial for a very long time. And they've been under fire from regulators for a long time, longer than all the other coins. So obviously, we had Brian last week talking about how <laughs> everybody said, haha, Ripple, you're getting wrecked until suddenly the regulators came for everyone else recently. Then suddenly yeah. it was like oh, they were just the forerunners of the problems to come, right? But yeah. what actually was decided as far as I can make heads or tails of it is that the regulators looked at the coins that were distributed out of Ripple and said, okay, there's sort of several baskets going on here. If they just said Ripple is a security, then it was just all a security and that would, that right. would have been a big L. But instead they sort of split it up and they said, well, when the Ripple was sold to institutional investors, that was a security because the institutional investors were talking to the Ripple kind of company or people and they knew, okay, this is a deal. We're giving you this amount of coins. You're going to buy this. We're going to do more work. We're going to make you money and you can cash out kind of thing. That was the deal and that was the security. But it was decided to not be a security for the retail investors who were buying on exchanges and so on and so forth because Ripple was not pitching them directly. It was kind of on the exchange and then the investors came to that and they didn't know that even if Ripple was the one listing up the sales orders on Coinbase or whatever, the retail investors didn't know that. They could have just been trading with anybody and they also were not getting any explicit guarantees or promises or even an implication that, okay, buy this and the price will go up. Now, obviously everybody knows that that is why people were buying Ripple, but it was not pitched to them in any way like that so it seems the court sort of made these distinctions and said okay to be a security is oh they said they weren't making a ruling whether xrp was or was not a security but whether being sold as securities could be quite circumstantial now this was taken as again a bit of a win for ripple and they were all loving it even though obviously they will now have these problems with the institutional investors but that doesn't apply to your average twitter user so they were having a party and it uh, some people said well maybe it uh, bodes well for the rest of the industry because if Ripple can kind of get away with these sort of shenanigans, then perhaps everybody else is even less likely to be under yeah. fire. What did you What did you make of this uh, ruling that came out? So a few things. Um, I agree. There's probably going to be a, another wave, maybe a much smaller wave. I hope a much smaller wave of scams of from people who completely misunderstand the nuances of this ruling, where they're just going to be like, "Oh, nothing's a security." <laughs> So they're yes. just going to start making all this stuff, right? <laughs> and uh, guess what? Totally is a security. So um, I think uh, <clears throat> the big wins that come from this, I'm not a Ripple fan. Um, 
you know, uh, it's mostly vaporware and big promises, no different than the rest of the cryptocurrency, you know, scene really bar a few uh, projects that actually try to do some neat things. I think the big win of rulings like this is just the idea that Gary Gensler's uh, SEC is not unassailable anymore, right? They have been purposefully vague in regards to regulations. And I, you know, to make my stance on regulation and how we should play with it clear, like I'm of the opinion that, you know, once again, make it impossible, make it impossible, cypherpunk ideals, make it impossible for people to uh, do anything but enforce on a human level, can't enforce on the technological level, right? Um, So, uh, but Gary Gensler has been purposefully vague about cryptocurrency so that way he can go after people coinbase kraken whatever you know like here you guys owe us money you guys owe us money um except for ftx <laughs> you know we're not going after you guys <laughs> uh, got paid off the back end of that great and you know ripple was one of the first big cases that was brought up to this and uh doesn't mean nothing's a security it doesn't mean that the direct sales that ripple made were not security esque and won't be you know charged with that portion stuff but really what it does is it just shows that in theory an unbiased neutral judge can look at all the evidence and come up with a ruling that cryptocurrency is not a security whether this is appealed or not you know um, but it, it shows that a neutral judge would probably be able to take a look at other cases and come to similar conclusions based off of similar circumstances you know um i am also not a uh legal professional but so everything I say, take with extreme grains of salt. But I mean, huge swaths of the ICOs are probably security, right? Um, there may be some with certain circumstances that are not or whatever. And I am nowhere near qualified to be able to tell you which ones are and which ones aren't. But really the big, yeah, the big win comes in this idea that um, Gary Gensler's reign of terror on cryptocurrency is not, you know, it's not bulletproof. And there are people willing to look at the facts. There are people willing to look at the circumstances and say, no, this doesn't, you know, this the, with the Howey test and stuff, right? This is this does not meet the criteria of a security. That said, I'm not really thrilled about this ruling. Not that I wanted it to go the other way, but like I'm not throwing any huge parties because pretty much all of the coins that I'm working on, I never had a thought that they were because proof of work kind of thing, you know, and nobody's doing direct sales or this kind of stuff. It's always, you know, so yeah, I was working on, hang on, hang on, hang on a second. That's a good, that's a good point. So even though the coins you're supporting, going back to that list, BDC, BCH, XMR, eCash, Wow a couple of those other ones that I didn't even really recognize. You're not doing any proof of stake coins, no Ethereum, no EVM, nothing. Uh, I do have Ethereum that was okay. recently added. It's got some bugs. We Are you worried about that being a security? Um, <laughs> proof of stake. No. So a couple things here. One, because we are non-custodial, not holding on to anybody's things. Even if this was ruled security, um, having spoken with you know lawyers of my own and stuff, it doesn't seem that we'd be held liable uh, because yeah. people are just holding their uh, holding their stuff in the piggy bank that is Stack Wallet. Uh, we're not facilitating any of this stuff. Two, I don't think Ethereum is going to be a security because it's kind of too big. Do I believe that it started out as security? Pretty much, yes. Uh, yeah. The ICO and I'm like I totally agree, but it's kind of become too big, and the whole world computer narrative has taken off and taken hold of too many policymakers and stuff that I don't think anyone's going to dare try to go against it. Um, maybe they will. I could be wrong. 
maybe they will. Um, I'm not a huge Ethereum lover. I think a world computer is pretty lame if there are no decentralized oracles. And no, Chainlink does not completely solve the oracle problem. It solves a very teeny tiny sliver of the oracle problem with very public information and isn't really good for much else. Um, so if you don't have a good oracle, I don't think a world computer does very many things. You know, CryptoKitties is cool because it's all self-contained within the Ethereum blockchain. So it doesn't need an Oracle to look at outside information. So it could do stuff like that very well. Good job, Ethereum. But when it comes to, you know, revolutionizing the housing industry and real estate and putting deeds on the blockchain, oh no, I lost my seed with my deed. Does that mean I no longer own my house? <laughs> is there an Oracle that could tell Ethereum blockchain to please Give, reissue me a deed because I do still own my house. Um, anyway, so that that aside, I don't think Ethereum is going to be labeled security, but what do I know? I'm not really, uh, I don't have uh, staking options for Ethereum. Really, it's just, you know, sending, receiving Ethereum and ERC tokens, ERC20 tokens. Um, I do know probably if I want to grow bigger into that DeFi space, which I don't really care for, then yeah, I got to add, you know, proof of stake stuff. And I'm not really against proof of stake coins. I don't care for them very much. I think proof of work is much more robust, well understood. The security impl implications are much better understood. Um, once again, proof of stake is another experiment, and I'm not going to fault these people for trying another experiment. But uh, really, we haven't had the time to design any proof of stake and how to stake and unstake things. So maybe that'll be down the road or something. But we've got our hands and plates full right now with everything we're trying to do. Before I do any of that fun stuff, I want to make sure all the stuff I want to be in like all the privacy stuff is there and secure and works and stuff. And then once all the privacy things are in there and I'm like, okay, now we don't have anything else to do. Let's try to do a proof of stake something and see how it goes. Right. Um, again, if you are a proof of stake person, you got a million bucks for me to, to change my priorities <laughs> by all means <laughs> contact me. But uh, until then, for hire. <laughs> that's right. That's what CypherStack is, man. CypherStack, we're guns for hire. We go around and we're like, do you need infrastructure design, UX research? We could build an entire blockchain, everything from the ground up, including brand new protocols and stuff like that. I've got incredible expertise. My team is top notch. We're the best of the best. But Till then, I'm using all this brain power to uh, help the privacy scene. And, you know, that's as long as I'm making decent enough money doing so, I'm happy to stay here. But yeah, proof of stake, not not a not a huge fan. I think the attack surface is much less understood. And I don't really care for the idea that it is soft permissioned. You know, with proof of work, yeah. at least you can you can mine on your computer and get some without permission with proof of stake. The only way to get more is to already have some, which means the only way to, to get them from somewhere, <laughs> yeah, you have to get it from someone else. I say soft permission because some people make a huge deal about this. Like, Oh, it's completely permission. Come on guys, the open market, somebody will sell you at some cost and then you'll have some, right? Like in, actual practical real life it's not a huge issue but ideologically it is so i i give that a little bit more credence than i might otherwise in the sense that you know it's not something i'm really pushing my trying to actively hire more people with proof of stake expertise just to make sure that i'm in on that space or be but yes at present pretty much everything is proof of work fairly distributed um may have some sort of dev tax or whatever the case may be but uh you know small coins got to do what small coins got to do and if that dev tax is used and weaponized for furthering privacy research okay even if i don't think that they're going to be the next world reserve currency or you know anything like that at the very least we could do some cool privacy research in the meantime um but yeah, good stuff yeah I guess whatever all, you all come up with the on eCash will definitely be uh, almost certainly applicable on, on BCH as well too. So 
yeah, yeah they were even uh, more uh, shells out for some of that research. Yeah, they were they were even willing to like if a flip starter fails, let us know. I actually think I'm still going to ask them. Wait, they were already talking to you about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Now we're in business. Right. I love to hear it. Ecash e- investors funding the VCH privacy upgrades. There you go. Amore, yeah, E-cash, your heart if out. you're an eCash watcher right now, give me money, you sacks of shit. No, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. <laughs> I love everybody. I don't love everybody. Anyway, next we're question. Getting, this is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. We're getting uh, we're getting <laughs> all the run-on benefits from this. I love that. That's the best use of eCash funding I've ever heard of. F- perfect. All right. So, <laughs> okay. Next question. Next question. Uh, Binance have admitted they were running a fractional reserve. So as you heard on this show over and over, not your keys, not your coins, all these exchanges are scams, pretty much, including Binance. And uh, this all came to a head in the last week because Binance disabled their BCH withdrawals, which they do periodically. It's been covered on this show before. It's always BCH. Sometimes it's Monero. (laughs) It's obvious what's going on here. It's a bit of a shell game in the real coins that have P2P commerce and communities that withdraw and take their own custody, uh, right? So they put out this press announcement where they said, BCH inventory coverage, withdrawals temporarily unavailable. There's been a temporary shortage in the concentration of BCH on the BCH network. Our team is currently working to rebalance assets across all supported networks to facilitate future withdrawals. Withdrawals for this asset should resume shortly once rebalancing is complete. We thank you for your patience and apologize for any inconvenience. Please withdraw BCH from BTC or BSC network, end quote. So that was not a typo. They genuinely said that we should withdraw our BCH from Binance onto the BTC or BSC network and that there's a shortage of a concentration of BCH. Of course, this is all lies, okay? This is complete lies. They Clearly, people have been bankrunning them by withdrawing their BCH and they just didn't have the BCH. There's no other explanation oh, yeah, yeah. right so yeah, with, with monero there are like the there's network congestion and we're like yes. there's uh three transactions per block what are you talking <laughs> about <laughs> exactly so this is just uh the exchanges being exposed for running a shell game yet again so anybody on this show as always not your keys not your coins withdraw your coins into self-custody but it goes to show that bch is is scarce like the actual real coins available on the network are not really as as common as people think. And in this scenario where a bank run is kind of starting, obviously Binance is going to have to cover it by selling off some other coins and kicking the can down the road when that community starts uh, withdrawing to in order to buy back BCH and, and get it out there, right? So oh, yeah, I just wondered if you had any thoughts about this consistent pattern of uh, exchange manipulation and what ways we can encourage obviously the same things we've already said right better ux better education and so on but how do we really get more and more people into self-custody and and these messages yeah so my thoughts on binance running fractional reserve is duh like if (laughs) uh did anybody if you are a person who thinks exchanges do not run factional reserves i would like to talk with you like i would like to find out why what (laughs) is anybody surprised um in regards to self-custody this is a hard conversation because we say constantly yes not your keys not your coins but like you're also completely responsible for your own safety and for the 
reality is most people, not many people, most people in this world are not ready for self-custody. They, You do realize if somebody figures out you have a lot of money, you are now responsible for making sure that it's safe and protected. That if somebody breaks into your house, you're you're able to defend yourself and defend your money. You know, if somebody breaks into a bank, I'm not there, and they're responsible, and they'll you know pay me back and all this kind of thing with the with the government FDIC insurance and whatever whatever people think of that and stuff. I mean, but at least some people will get some of their money back. The amount of people that are ready for self custody and self sovereignty and and the full breadth of what that means is not much. And I think we do a disservice to, by making it sound easier than it is. Once again, this this could be people's life savings here. It could be somebody that's like, oh, okay, you know, somebody said it was easy. I put all my money into cryptocurrency. Oh, shoot, I lost my seat. What does this mean? I don't have any of my money, any of it, right? Or they don't take care of, you know, themselves from a privacy perspective. Again, somebody finds out they have money, they torture them, they get the seed, they get their keys. Now, all of a sudden, they, they're out all their money. This wouldn't have happened if they would have been with a bank. Um, I know as a person who doesn't like the government monopoly on money issuance and all this kind of stuff. Banks do serve a purpose. They're the most corrupt, evil things on the planet, but they do serve a powerful purpose for a lot of people in that they do not have to defend their own resources. This is this is tough, man, because we do a disservice to people by telling them it's easier than it is. Um, and we would do much better having entire courses worth of work, not just UX, but explaining to people what this means, you know, what it means to take your life into your own hands. It's a scary thing being free. You know, freedom is not just something that you get with with no extra consequences or responsibilities. When you are free, it's you, man. You look out for you. And, you know, whatever network you've built of hopefully trusted people that can look out for you. Um, because if if you're like, well, I'm chevron ties with the government and I don't want them doing these things for me and stuff. Okay, well, you know, that has that comes with two sides. You know, it's a it's a two-sided blade there, and that they're also not going to necessarily come to your rescue if something happens. You know, if you and not just that they won't, that they can't. I lost my seed. Government help me. Uh <laughs> cryptocurrency is designed that we can't help you. We cannot print more and give it to you. We cannot break math and get your seed back to you. And it's not just that they that they won't, it's that they can't. This is this is this is tough, man. Um and I don't think there's a fast track to learning what it means to be self-sovereign in this. This is the one where I don't have an answer for you. I, I know, I know I've, I've gone for 20 minutes on each topic with my opinions and all this kind of thing. This is the one where, where I draw a blank because um, I don't want to dupe people into taking risks that they won't be, that they aren't qualified or aren't prepared to take and then kind of shrug my shoulders and like, well, you should have learned better or knew better when something bad happens to them as a result of that. Uh, Sexy Cyborg, who is a FOSS hardware builder, I don't know if you're aware of her, um, but she does some incredible um, open source, open hardware, really neat things. uh, And she has a quote that stuck with me that basically says, if you want, if you as a builder or you as an advocate want trivial responsibilities, as in you're not willing to take responsibility when your advice leads to somebody else's ruin, you know, if you want trivial responsibilities, take on trivial projects, you know, making a a little toy and, uh, that's that if that toy fails, it's not going to affect anyone's it's a trivial project. I have trivial responsibility. But if I'm like, oh, you know, this is going to this is going to change your life. And I'm not I'm not willing to teach you or educate you or, or help make resources or whatever to to 
properly explain what all this means. And then you throw your money in there and then you lose it all. You know, I, I don't take any responsibility for it. And like, yes, I, I get it. I'm not responsible for everyone that puts their money on Stackwall and doesn't write down their seed. Some people have asked, can you make the seed game where you have to put in like tap the 12th number? Can you make that skippable? No, no. I'm not going to do that. Yes, I understand you're very savvy. I understand you always write down your seed. Then why are you messaging me a month from now saying, hey, my seed is gone. What can I do? Oh, did you write it down? No, I got this. I got this twice. I got this twice from savvy crypto people. From savvy crypto people. I'm like, and if us savvy people get this wrong, I, okay, no, no, no. I actually lost BCH when we were putting... Bitcoin Cash on Stack Wallet. I made a, a testing wallet and I accidentally, because because I, I put one less zero than it should have been, I accidentally put 500 instead of 50 bucks on a, on a Stack Wallet thing. And then it received correctly. I'm like, okay, this is good. We made a change. We made a tweak. And then I redid the build on my computer and the wallet wasn't there. That was one of the bugs that was there. Okay. Uh, which is no longer there. Don't worry. That's not going to happen if you update your Stack Wallet. We, we fixed that. And my little seed game, I just clicked through it randomly to get the to get the right thing just so I could keep... I didn't have my seed. Dude, this happened to me. I know what I'm doing, right? I lost 500 bucks. <laughs> if this happens to me, if this happens to us savvy people, sometimes the Instagrammer who, who all they do is just use Instagram and Facebook, this is going to happen to them all the time, right? Like this, I don't know. This is something I think people take way, way less seriously than they speed take um sorry just a bit of a rant there I'll, no no I'll no no this. well that's right you know privacy seed management we got we got a hard road uh ahead of us in terms of getting that to to truly massive yeah. option if but you're a good I'm communicator, glad we're working on it yeah. yeah yeah if you're a good communicator make some youtube videos make some articles anything helps because people learn in different ways right if if some people learn through a video we can have a, a a youtube series like here's what you do here's how you defend it here's why you need to make sure you have at least three copies or you know whatever because if there's a fire and your only copy burns down then you know that that happens if you're if you're a writer write something good you know make good screenshots all this kind of thing you you can help on anyone can help on this point um and i don't know i'm like yeah good ux helps and i i consider even though it is a roadblock where you have to play this game on stack while you have to tap it says tap the 13th letter of your seed which you will only be able to do if you actually wrote it down because you won't yes you know and, and it changes every time the sixth i mean the sixth word the the 12th word the 13th word the 14th word the whatever i have been asked several times to get this to skip or to you know and no good ux says the majority of people will get this wrong um, and the amount of times I've had somebody install Stack Wallet, okay, somebody install Stack Wallet, and they get to the seed screen and they press continue without really looking, without reading. Without I'm talking reading, brand people, yeah, yeah. but yeah, brand new people to crypto, they're gonna have, they're gonna lose their money. They're gonna lose their money. And I want zero support emails, which is already not the case because two people have done this. Um, and I don't see how since they had to play that game. Uh, well, I guess again, you could just go click, 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 click until you get the right one if you really wanted to, right? Um, putting this roadblock is, I think part of good UX, even though it's bad UX and that it stops, it, it slows people down from getting the goal that they want to get to, which is receiving their coin, receiving ECH or whatever, right? But it is actually good UX because it helps with their actual goal, which is keeping their money, right? Not just their stated goal of receiving Bitcoin cash in the moment, but their actual goal of retaining control of the, that Bitcoin cash into the future. So 
these are the kinds of hard decisions that I have to tell people like, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. Even I screwed it up. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, good UX, good yeah. UX goes a long way. It does. Um, but what some people consider good UX is actually might actually be uh, not so good. Yeah. Just uh, in, the, in their best interest, uh, even if they don't recognize it. So on that same theme, we've got community comment of the week. After all this Binance uh, stuff, it actually became this huge story. Uh, imaginary username had this uh, post about it, calling them out with this screenshot. And then it got like it's shared around in the whole crypto industry, got more than 700,000 views and became this uh, sort of big story, which is rare for BCH to get onto the trending headlines. So we we're kind of hoping that a few people might say, what's going on with BCH? Why is that the one that's running out? Uh, I'm sure a few people have trailed in there, but one uh, comment that was made on this comes from Cryptodarmist at Crypt Cryptodarmist, who said, quote, as a crypto skeptic, I will go on record and say that the BCH people are far and away the smartest and most aware community in crypto, in brackets, and it's not even close, close brackets, end quote. Now, this is from one of these accounts that Cryptodamas has about, I don't know, something like 10,000, 15,000 followers, similar to all these guys, Bitfinext and whatever that other one, that Mount Gox, Salty One, and... Um, you know the crypto critics podcast and there's this there's this little scene of like crypto haters basically mm. who are on one hand doing a fantastic job of calling out all the scams and bullshit going on in crypto very valuable service and i love them for that but on the other hand they also are a bit myopic and they just often paint all of crypto with a broad brush and refuse to acknowledge that there's any good being done there or anything of value yeah. uh but here we got a bit of recognition uh, that BCH is is doing the best it can kind of under the circumstances. So I wondered if you had any thoughts about any of that, especially seeing as you were saying earlier about, look, a lot of people can see this is all just scams and bullshit. Well, clearly, if you know, it might not be the trendiest coin at the moment, BCH, but if we're at least getting, you know, if, if it's obvious from the outside that we are doing things the right way, sure, surely that's at least a, a sign for optimism there that we can reach everyone in the end. Yeah, you guys are you guys are builders, and I really appreciate about that about you guys. Um, too many too many coins, you know. They it, if it's not vaporware on its base protocol, you know, all this ecosystem stuff ends up being vaporware. Like, dude, Flipstarter is a really cool thing, right? You know how many other coins have something like this? Very few, you know, yeah. especially not not in the no. We'll see, Monero has a CCS. But that's like a de- that's that's a centralized thing. The core team controls that, right? They control the money that comes in. They disperse the money when milestones are reached. It's it's still a centralized thing. It's it's good. It's gotten Monero really really far, but it's quite centralized. And there have been many discussions about how do we decentralize the CCS? Should we make some sort of protocol? Should we have multiple different CCSs people can just submit to, and not all of them are under control of the core team or whatever? Right? You guys you guys made something. Again, like like the cypherpunks, you're like, hey, we want to be able to raise funds and do so in a decentralized way and stuff. So you built it. That's really cool, man. Like that's the kind of stuff that attracts uh, the the builders, and that's the kind of stuff that that makes people take a look and say, okay, there's something here. So like this comment says, you know, the the BCH community is doing some good stuff. Like yeah, like you look at stuff like that because you do look at people who get deplatformed. You do look at people who, you know, through no fault of their own or through some mistake or through something controversial, they said 10 years ago, all of a sudden they're denied their ability to make money. They're denied, they're denied their livelihoods and all these kinds of things. And a lot of these people I don't condone or support, but, you know, having a decentralized way um, to 
be able to raise funds, to be able to uh, be private, like Cash Fusion. Like, yeah, you know, there's a central server, but I don't have time to get into the nuances of Fusion versus Whirlpool and stuff like that. But um, there, there is a slight decentralization advantage for fusion there over whirlpool um and uh you guys you guys are builders that's really cool man um big thumbs up from me i wouldn't be working on something <laughs> like cash fusion and getting it into stack if i didn't think that this was worth pursuing and that this was a coin worth putting resources into yeah very very cool i've got meme of the week here it's from my good friend fiendish crypto who's posted a picture of the titanic sinking with the phrase we're mooning at the top and then the emoji with a nice uh sweat face on this this when i saw this on my timeline it just made me laugh i don't know what inspired him with this tweet it certainly didn't seem a bit apropos of of nothing but uh i at least got the sentiment that there's certainly an element where people people take their foot off the gas a bit you know the price goes up a little bit maybe everybody gets a bit excited everybody gets a bit relaxed like you sometimes it's nice to enjoy that when it happens but you also got to realize every day is another opportunity right and if you're like slacking off for instance these arkham guys they're they're putting in code commits or getting whatever done to break down privacy or to attack the coin or holders or whatever right so i just firstly it just made me laugh because you see some people who are so over the moon about making a bit of money on their ripple or Mm. their btc or whatever that are just not seeing the bigger picture and i I just thought that was a bit of a warning but it's you know as always humor can cut through a lot of the nonsense yep all right we got our uh, last slide then that we do every week or second last slide message to the community you get an open chance to speak to the Bitcoin Cash community. Any thoughts, advice, criticism, anything that you think is most important for the Bitcoin Cash community here? Obviously, you've uh, elaborated on a few different points throughout this episode, but if you have something else or uh, the most important point, what is it? Uh, the most important point is keep the important things in mind and uh, not so much everything else. Uh, take privacy seriously. Take privacy seriously. Keep building. Just, just keep building, man. And like, if there's things that are distracting you from building, just, you know, cut them out, block those people. You just, and keep building, keep, keep doing what you guys are doing. Life's too short, man. Life's too short to get caught up in all these little squabbles. You know, you just a snap of the finger and you're 80 years old and you're on your deathbed or whatever the case, right? Like let's build things that'll help make a better future. And in the day to day with the crypto to crypto headbutting and all this kind of stuff and the, and the metrics and the popularity contests and the, and the coin market cap rankings. And, you know, the, the, it can be hard to put your head above that water, you know, to just put your head above all that nonsense, but don't lose sight of the fact that deep down there's a compassionate heart at the core of this tech. And it's good. If you haven't really grappled with that and what that means and the responsibilities it entails, I encourage you all to do so, just everyone in the BCH community, um, because when you really start tapping into that, uh, things really start becoming special. It moves from just a cool tech project or something that will make me money in the future or something that will even potentially, it moves even beyond something that could potentially change the world to a cause that is worth fighting for, um, which having purpose is one of the most important things that you can have as a human. So uh, I think I think that is lost on most of us these days in cryptocurrency um, just that it is it is a cause worth fighting for and it is a technology that we hope will bring freedom to people uh, and that's the most important thing to keep in mind 
keep keep building, keep doing your things, keep funding our flip starters. Be looking, be looking yeah. forward to uh, Cash Fusion and Cash Token and Stack Wallet. Oh yeah, and the, the message to get to everybody in Bitcoin Cash: try Stack Wallet. It's a beautiful yes. wallet. It's gorgeous and made by cool people. Try Celine. These guys are pretty cool too. Thank you. And uh, that's, that's a it. pretty good message. That's it. All right, we got to go into our uh, supporter appreciation and uh, final shout outs then. So. Thank you very much to everybody who donates to the show. Maybe use Stackwallet. Try and try and send us some donations with that. Uh, thanks to our patrons, Ricky and HP. Thanks to our sponsor, General Protocols. Check out bchbull.com. I still haven't got around to the next flip starter, like I said, but I will do that uh, sooner or later. You guys are getting the episodes one way or another, so hopefully nobody's too stressed about that. Uh, thanks for watching. Obviously, we've got the uh, FAQ star guide links and all that at BitcoinCashPodcast.com. Diego, where can people find more of you if they want to follow you? Uh, and is there anything else in crypto or anybody else you want to give a shout out to? Uh, I have a Mastodon. Um, did you put that on the slide? I yeah, don't... I did. Okay. Yeah, I don't... we'll put a I link don't... in the comments as well. I generally tend to keep a pretty low profile, uh, but I do hang out in the Stack Wallet Telegram room and the Stack Wallet Discord and stuff. And you can you can find me in pretty much all the places where Stack Wallet is if you want to get in contact with me for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, you know, in, in regards to being a thought leader and throwing all my opinions out there for everyone, that's not generally something that I do. I have a life, guys. I got things that I want to do. So uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I am on that Mastodon. And if, and I don't know, if I get 25 more followers, I may actually start posting. <laughs> All right. And where? what about Stackwallet? Where do people go? Just stackwallet.com. Stackwallet.com. Yeah, right. uh, we, we, we do have iOS, Apple. We're on F-Droid. We do have a Windows... Uh, desktop wall the desktop is i think it's even better than the what's so good uh windows it's also for linux and in the next couple of days we'll probably have mac os also you can get it for mac right now if you're on a silicon mac because you can download it from the app store and it will run in tablet mode which is basically just desktop mode so it does work on silicon Macs, but not older intel Macs, and it has to be done through the app store but in a couple of days uh hopefully uh, we'll be having just a straight downloadable for Mac OS, all of them. It'll be it'll be there too. So try out our desktop wallets, try out our mobile wallets, do some swaps, make a donation, uh, tell your friends about Stack Wallet, and um, you can find me uh, like on the website. It lists all of our little hangouts. It's like here's our Telegram group and here's our Discord group and stuff. So if you want to join our little community, report bugs and uh, yell at me for not having your favorite features included, that would be where you would do. Yeah, we had one little message in the chat. Uh... Nevro says wallet name is not updated under favorited wallets. If you rename a wallet in order to get it to update, you have to unfavorite and favorite again. Okay. Well, there you go. So there's a bit of a I'll fix that. ticket backlog. Yeah, I'll, I'll fix it. <laughs> Live on the show, but you must have got at least one new user uh, right there. Okay. Yay. All right. Perfect. No. And my shout out this week goes to Bitcoin Jason. Why? Because when you were just giving that message there about really connecting with people and caring He's the epitome of that. He's absolutely amazing with coming to people where they are and speaking to them about the importance of cryptocurrency and all of that. And he's just a shining example of how everybody can be in that regard. So cool, cool. Bitcoin Jason doing some incredible work. All right, that'll do it for the show. Thanks everyone for listening. Until next time. See you guys. So I started realizing that if you can just find strength just a little bit longer, you will have a crew of people following you along the way. And that is another thing that no one can ever teach you.
because you, you're going to have to learn that on your own. You're going to have to figure out how to pull that energy out of your mind on your own. There's not, there's, there's no book you can read that all of a sudden I have it. I've got the technique now. I know how to do it. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, a grind that you have to start and finish on your own.